welcome to Medium Cool, a movie podcast. I'm your host, Austin Glidden, and today, Joe and I are going to be doing our 2020 wrap-up. Now, I'm going to get to that in a second, but first, I want to tell you where you can talk to us. You can hang out with us, all right? We're on social media. You can go to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We are Medium Cool Pod. Medium Cool Pod, just go find us. It's facebook.com backslash Medium Cool Pod. You can search Medium Cool Pod on Instagram. We'll pop up, and you can at Medium Cool Pod on Twitter. You can also email us at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com with all comments, questions, concerns, and hey, you'll get straight through to me. So there you go. Dream come true. Uh, Also, please do us a favor and just subscribe, you know, to the podcast. Uh, That's always really helpful. Subscribe, follow wherever you're listening to this and whatever the lingo is, do the thing and help us out. And then also, if you can, rate us you know, give us a review, just whatever you feel. It's really great. We appreciate your time. Thanks for listening. Really good. So um, another thing before we get to the uh, 2020 wrap up here, uh, you know, I've been working on getting our YouTube channel set up. You know, we have one. We've had one since the beginning. And uh, the only thing that's on there is uh, like our horror month ad that we were kind of, uh, our promotion rather, They were just kind of like, you know, posting on social media and whatnot and trying to get some buzz around, you know, horror movies. And uh, that's all that's been up there. And, you know, I've told this story before. Uh, I don't know if I've told it on here, but I've definitely, you know, told a lot of people about it, I guess I should say. And, and, uh, you know, this year on the podcast, counting, you know, the top 10 that we did with Matthew and and, uh, Joe and I, you know, and then uh, also with just like the few episodes I've had with Joe or with uh, uh, Jake whenever we were doing our Cassavetes Marathon or whether it was the Battle Royale or, uh, you know, Battles Without Honor and Humanity, all of the movies that we've watched has been 15 movies we've talked about on this podcast this year, 15. And, you know, I have watched just since the beginning of this year, and I'm not counting movies from 20... I'm not saying they're all 2021 movies, and they're not 2020 movies. Just any movie from any year. I've watched 65 movies this year, okay? And I've only talked about 15. I can't do that, guys. I, I have to do more. So anyways, that little long-winded uh, whatever is uh, is leading to the point here. We have a YouTube channel, and I want to take advantage of it. So I'm thinking about making some, like, videos, you know, short videos. This will be the long-form, you know, main content that we do. But then we'll have exclusive content over there of everything else I'm watching. Maybe not every single thing. Uh, like, I just watched this uh, Britney Spears documentary on Hulu. It's like an hour and 15 minutes or something. It's some, like, New York Times, you know, uh, a visual essay, basically. Um, and it's interesting enough, but I probably won't, you know, waste YouTube time on that one, right? I'd rather do stuff like The Little Things, which, you know, I'm not going to give you away my feelings on that. You can go to Letterboxd and, uh, you know, follow me, and you can see what I rated it. Um, but, you know, movies like like The Little Things, I've seen Palmer from this year. Uh, you know, I've seen a handful of movies from the year, and it'd be really fun to talk about those and the other movies I watch. The screeners we get, you know, we can kind of review them on there, and by we, I mean mostly me. The YouTube thing will mostly be me. And so what we're going to be trying to do is doing like uh, medium cool movie reviews, medium cool movie lessons as well. So the reviews are self-explanatory. Uh, they'll be shorter 
Um, and my goal is like five to 10 minute videos on these reviews. And then, you know, the movie lessons will be things like the body horror thing I did on episode one, you know, where I just talk about a genre, subgenre, movement, you know, something. And then I'll probably watch movies around that movement or that genre or whatever and uh, review some, you know, and I thought that'd be really cool. Another thing I want to do also is just, you know, medium cool movie rants. Uh, you know, my buddy Thrasher and a handful of others uh, would be probably really happy if I had another outlet because I feel like every time I talk to these folks, you know, my good friends, they just hear me completely bitch about movies uh, or, or what, you know, whatever. I, I just like to rant. Apparently, I like to hear myself talk. I don't know. But anyways, the whole point is this. You know, there's uh, there's uh, a lot going on, and it'd be really fun to kind of get that off my chest. And, you know, the other thing is just uh, maybe having someone on, whether it's Joe or, or um, you know, I have several other friends I'd love to bring on, and I just want to get heated, uh, you know, over a debate with them about certain things that we disagree on in film and just see what kind of inf- interesting information we can, you know, pull out of each other with that kind of, uh, kind of debate style. So anyways, I think the YouTube thing would be really cool. I'm working on it. We'll see how it works out, but that's the plan. Uh, right now. Anyways, for this episode today, we're going to be doing a 2020 wrap-up, uh, and this is, you know, the the day where we get to say goodbye to 2020. We're going to talk about some honorable mentions. We're going to talk about some, uh, you know, unexpected delights, some unexpected disappointments, and we're going to just, you know, mention a few movies that we didn't get around to seeing, just so you know, hey, we didn't forget about these. Uh, you know, they didn't make it on our list because we didn't see them. So, that's what's up. I'm going to go ahead and let us get to it here, all right? Joe's waiting for me. Hey, let's wrap this year up. Joe, how you doing, buddy? Oh, great. Couldn't be better, yeah. I yeah, caught you um, off guard with that one, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, I'm never expecting I have to answer, how you doing? <laughs> No, this is uh, everybody. This is our 2020 wrap up episode where, you know, we can finally say goodbye to 2020 and look back fondly. And in some cases, you know, uh, not so fondly at some of the movies that affected us in one way or another. And, um, you know, today's episode is dedicated to four different categories I want to talk about uh, with Joe. We're going to talk about movies that we didn't get around to seeing. And we're probably not going to talk about them as much as just naming them, just so you know why they weren't on a list or, you know, why Mm -hmm. they didn't make honorable mentions and stuff. Some of these might be really great movies or movies that we really wanted to see, uh, but we just didn't get around to it because, you know what, we have a lot of shit to watch. So, um, yeah, movies we didn't get around to seeing, honorable mentions, which, you know, we kind of hinted at and talked about a little bit last episode, but we'll kind of name those. And then the thing, the, the kind of meat and potatoes of this episode will be Unexpected Delights which are movies that we expected to be bad that we actually really liked um, or <laughs> yeah. or at least liked way more than we expected to like it. And then uh, Unexpected yeah. Disappointments, which are movies that we expected to be fantastic and just were <laughs> bad. So um, I'm really excited to do this. Joe, are you ready to go for this, buddy? Oh, man, I, I'm chomping at the bit. Yeah, yeah same, same, same. So I want to start with uh, movies we didn't get around to seeing. Do you have any, any movies listed that... Uh, you're over 200 movie watching. You know, this wasn't one of the 202 or whatever that you got around yeah. to. Yeah, I was I was going to re-mention that because I love to name. I know it's not name dropping. It's number dropping. It's but bragging. I, I love to do that, Joe. It's bragging. Yeah, it's bragging. I'm like, yeah, hey, I saw 200 <laughs> movies this year from the, just from this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but um, I mean, I, yeah, I can just run through my list. Um, I don't know that. Well, there's a couple of these that you might say are 
you know, you might go, what? You know, um, uh, the first one is Irresistible, which was uh, uh, the John Stewart film that came out. Um, I think it, I think it was hitting um, right around the time that the pandemic actually hit. So it may have actually been in theaters. Um, Steve Carell stars in it. I believe it's Rose Byrne is his co-star. I might be wrong about that. You know what? I should have that pulled up. Um, but yeah, um, I, I, and I don't know cause I didn't see it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I don't know who stars in it. Um, it, it is not Rose Byrne. It's, um, Steve Carell, Chris Cooper. Oh, it is Rose Byrne. Yeah, it is. Um, Chris Cooper, Mackenzie Davis, Topher Grace, Natasha Leone, and Rose Byrne. Um, so yeah, yeah, John Stewart, he of the Daily Show fame, directed it. It's sort of a political comedy. Um, I didn't hear great things about it, but you know, I John Stewart did it. I wanted to check it out, and I didn't. So um, you know, I, I missed it. It was one of those. I, I'm one of those that likes to uh, find movies for free. I don't want to have to rent them. And, you know, in this, you know, in, in the current setup, I find myself in, I don't often have to luckily, luckily, very luckily for me. So um, if I have free options sitting in my email inbox, for example, or, you know, something is on Netflix or prime or Hulu or one of the platforms I have um, I'll often tend to watch them. And this one was not easily accessible to me without paying for it. So uh, I did not pay for it so that that's why i missed that one um i have a couple of horror movies um and it, and for me i and i'm going to talk about this maybe later on um this was kind of a good unexpected year for horror movies for me um but two of them i did not see one is called come play um which is uh, about a little boy who is i i don't know like there's some i don't even know what it's about <laughs> <laughs> Shit. i'm totally screwing this all up um i i didn't and i have i have like half of these movies pulled up um and not you know um so this one is uh oh okay here we go so parents parents fight to save their son when a mysterious creature uses his electronic devices to break into our world so it it just looked like a fun you know little scary time um i rolled right past it (laughs) fun little scary time it you know whatever um, the other one is Freaky, which is uh, the body swapping horror film Vince Vaughn did that kind of looked fun, um, where he switches bodies with a teenage girl. Uh, Vince Vaughn plays a um, he plays a serial killer, and he switches bodies with with uh, a teenage girl, and so the teenage girl is now in the body of a serial killer who is now known and wanted, and the the real the true killer is you know, in the body of a teenage girl and can now murder at will. So it's, uh, it's, you know, obviously it's a take on Freaky Friday, um, but with a murderous side to it. Um, so those are, those are two that I really wanted to see that I never got a chance to. The, uh, the third one, Bill and Ted Face the Music. I was not able to see that this year. Um, and um, a couple of my good friends, especially um, people that we've mentioned on this podcast many times, uh, really loved it and um i kept saying i'll go see it i'll go see it or i'll you know i'll I'll go check it out and i never got to it liar yeah yeah i'm you know (laughs) (laughs) and then the last one the last one is um uh the first pixar film of the year upward Uh, of course i saw soul 
Um, and I had plenty of opportunities to see Upward on Disney Plus, and um, I, for a variety of reasons, as I was sitting there looking at it, going, "Yeah, it's time to watch it." I was like, "Nah, I don't want to. I want to watch. I want to watch something else." I I watched a lot of like late seventies. Well, between um, say early seventies and mid eighties um, horror movies throughout last summer. I was just thinking about them a few minutes ago, and there was any number of times I could have watched that instead of say Macabre or um, you know whatever other terrible terrible movie I was watching. Um, and I just, you know, I was like, you know what? Screw it. This is what I feel like watching today. <laughs> so, yeah. so Upward was another victim. You got to work on your right. priorities, Joe. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Upward was a victim of that. So, um, you know, sue me. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't better than Soul anyway. Um, so I don't feel too bad about it. <laughs> yeah. And that's your list, yeah. huh? That's my list. That's yeah. That's my. I I could throw. I actually scratched Sonic the Hedgehog off of it, you know, just because it was a major film. So I. So there's there's your bonus six. I didn't see Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> Neither I, did I'm I. I'm not missing out on anything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, from what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you so, know. But I, yeah. I uh, I have five as well. We tried to limit it to five in each category, but you know, uh, you know, he just cheated. Anyways, so uh, movies I didn't get around uh, to seeing. Or some of kind of the bangers, uh, a couple of them are some of the bangers of the beginning of this year. Like they were out, they were up for awards, but they're being released this month. And the first one's Minari, which I wasn't able to get a screener for. And then, um, and The Father, which I think looks incredible. Both of these could actually, in my brain, make my top 10 for as much as I'm expecting them to be good. Uh, yeah. And knowing what I know They're about them, they're both tremendous. Yeah, you're really missing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, seriously, they are. You yeah, know? but like, well, I'm, I'm laying it on to be, you know to give you a hard time, but I mean, they seriously are both terrific movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Father is, sounds really cool because I love that. Um, whenever Anthony Hopkins is walking around his house, he'll see someone in there, but they'll change the actor to manifest yeah. what's in his brain, where he doesn't recognize, say, his his close friends or his, his children or, you know, so on. Mm -hmm. And I just love that kind of first person take and viewpoint point of view of what it would be like to go through uh, dementia. I, I, I mean, it just, yeah. I mean, what a, it's really sad when 2020 is also the year of movies about dementia, apparently, because there are like three yeah. or four of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like relic or some, some horror movie. that's kind of about it too. But oh. anyways, um, so Minari and the father, um, I didn't get a chance to see, and then um, the the last three I had every opportunity to, much like your your uh, mm -hmm. what is it onward? Uh huh. Yeah, I, I always want to call it upward, yeah. and then I get it wrong. But anyways, um, much like it your is onward, upward. it's not upward. Is it on? It is onward. I call it upward too. Did it's, you? Oh, it is onward. You're right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I I knew that. I was yeah. just testing that, you. That's how little <laughs> I saw it. <laughs> no, but my um my my. The third one that I didn't get a chance to see was Steven Soderbergh's movie from last year, which is Let Them Talk. And I only oh. wanted to see it not because it looked that great or that it got that great in like critical praise, but just because it was Soderbergh. And I like to see mm. filmmakers' movies, uh, the, the movies by filmmakers that I like, regardless of whether they're yeah. good, just to kind of complete filmographies, right? Um, and that way I don't have to go back and watch it later. This is one I'm going to have to go back and watch also Werner Herzog had a documentary called Nomad in the footsteps of Bruce Chatwin that I didn't get to see. Love Werner Herzog and I love his documentaries. 
and I'm sure that one's great, but did not get around to it. And then the final one I'll name is a kind of mainland Hong Kong movie called The Wild Goose Lake. Um, I love to get as many international features in as I can. Um, and this one just looks fantastic. It was at the top of my list all the time, but every chance I had to kind of watch it, I like what you were saying, it was like, man, I have other ones that I really feel would fit the mood much better right now. And so I just never got around to it, which is kind of one of my yearly regret, uh, my, my, my 2020 regrets is really all uh, those, that last one, the wild goose lakes, a big regret. And I would call Minari and the father a regret, but I honestly just didn't have an opportunity. Can't wait to see them. They look fantastic. And, and that's, that's my movies. I didn't get around to seeing. So, you know, we've listed these just so you understand why they weren't in our top 10 or they aren't honorable mentions or unexpected delights or any, any of the things, right? Um, these are just some movies that we wanted to see. And also just to give you more titles to think of. I mean, if you're looking for some movies yeah. and, uh, and 2020 had quite a few good ones, as we've mentioned before, uh, you know, here are just mm-hmm. some more. So, uh, Joe, I want to move on to our honorable mentions. I'm sure this will go pretty yeah. quickly as well. I want you to go ahead and start. What were some of your honorable mentions yeah. from last year that didn't make your top 10? Yeah. So, um, yeah, there, there were a lot that I really loved. And, um, the, the first one, this, this was actually my number one movie for, for a good portion of the year. And that's uh, a film called Tijuana Jackson purpose over prison. And it, it stars Romani Malco of, uh, you know, weeds and the 40 year old virgin among other things. And he plays a, um, a guy who is just getting out of prison He's a, a wannabe motivational speaker and he is on parole and he, he um, has a past with his parole officer, Re- Regina, uh, Regina Hall is the, um, this is parole officer. There's a really awesome gag at the beginning of the movie that just kind of comes and goes. It's, it's a real, it's real subtle. You kind of have to watch it and, and pay attention to see it. And it's hilarious. Um, but it's, it's a funny movie. It's, it's one that almost nobody saw even you know i even nominated amongst my um indiana film journalist association colleagues and it got nothing i I think people just didn't see it i happened to get a screener of it and uh but it it is available on um i believe stars if you have the stars package so um so that that's the first one um tijuana jackson check that out tijuana jackson purpose over prison is what it's called i want to say this real Um, quick if you have an amazon prime account whether you're well i guess you have to be a prime member but if you're a prime mm -hmm. member and you have that you can get, and I think through Hulu you can do this as well, but um, mm-hmm. they have f- free trials of these. And what yeah. I've been doing lately, because I have a bunch of movies I've been trying to get caught up with, and I'll probably talk about them in an intro at some point, but yeah, I've learned how to very easily unsubscribe from them. <laughs> yes, yes so that's the trick. once you learn that yeah. one, because they do hide it from you. It's a little more difficult yeah. in Amazon, at least, to do that, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, hey, message me on social media and I'll help you figure it yeah. out. But the free trials, yeah. what I do is find all the movies I want to see that are on it. Mm-hmm. And then I just try to bang out as many as I can in that seven day free trial. But I watch a lot more movies yeah. than most people, I feel like. So, mm-hmm. you know, just an idea. If you want to check out, you know, Absolutely. this movie, hey, there's a free trial for stars waiting for you. But Joe, continue. Yes. Go for it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my second one is a Netflix film. Uh, very accessible. And I even mentioned this, I think, uh, in our last episode, uh, it's called the half of it. So it's a, and, and this is, this is one that could fit into the unexpected delights category just as easily as honorable mention, but, um, it, it's a take on Cyrano de Bergerac, uh, set, you know, set as a kind of a romantic comedy where, uh, there's a, 
a, a young woman, uh, and she's played by Leah Lewis, and she encounter she's she's the girl in this small town school who um people hire to write papers for for them so she's a good writer she's she's really smart and she's kind of stuck in this small town she knows that she's stuck in a small town and this football player comes to her and says i'm in love with this girl and um but i don't know how to talk to her i need you to write me a letter to her so so she does but as it turns out uh, this Ellie Chu is 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 the name of the the girl Leah Lewis plays. So as it turns out, Ellie Chu is also in love with the same girl. So it makes it very easy for her to write. You know this. She you know she writes these letters for him. But it you know it, and it's a very, that's a you know a standard romantic comedy setup these days. You know, it, you know it was a you know all the, going all the way back to Roxanne, which is the the first version of the story I really saw, as opposed to you know the the classic version. But um, you know it's something that's been done to death but just for some reason the the additional layers they add on here of uh, there's there's a racial component um, you know ellie is is an asian and so she's her father is an immigrant and you know they moved to the small town so she's she's an outcast and just kind of an added way there um there's there's a fun kind of antagonistic relationship between her and, and the football player and then between her and the object of her affection and then the town comes into play in a larger sense too so there's just a lot of little things happening that just it really just adds a just layer after layer and just is just a wonderful wonderful movie um so you should definitely check that out uh it's called again the half of it uh widely available on netflix you can very easily find it um at any time yeah so that's that's two. Uh, number three, which I think we've talked about. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, um, but um, late in the year, I caught this movie called Baccarat, and it is uh, about this. I believe it's a it's a South American or Middle Central American it's, uh, uh, village. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I just completely forgot it. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Where's that? Uh, Brazil. It's Brazil. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So in, in Brazil. And, you know, the, the movie starts, and hopefully you're like me, and you go into this movie knowing nothing about it. Yeah, dude, because, me too. I did that too, just so yeah, you know. It's, man, it's the best, because, um, uh, and, and, I won't, and I won't give anything away, um, but other than to say, there's a small town, and um, there are these guys on the outskirts of the town who are there to, at first you think they're kind of observing this, you know, the people in this village. And then you find out they're doing something a bit more sinister than that, much more sinister than that, actually. Um, but then you find out something about the people of the town that turns this into just a completely different kind of movie. Uh, you know, I was going in expecting a, a simple, you know, a, your standard, you know, foreign kind of, you know, type film where you're just sitting there watching it and people are, there's a lot of talking and, and you know, they're having emotions. And, and then it turns into something completely different. And it is insane. And you have to check it out. Um, I, the only other thing I'll say is that Udo is Udo Kier, Udo, Udo Kier, Kier is in this yeah. movie. Yeah, and he, you know, as you're watching this, you're like, why the hell is he in this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then about and then about halfway to three quarters of the way through, you you figure out why, and it's perfect. So go check out Baccarat. It is nuts. Yeah, um, shout out shout out to Udo Kier for being in two of the weirder movies this year, The Painted Bird <laughs> and Baccarat. Very strange. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, so, um, so that's that's my third. Number four is another. Uh, and Baccarat, I'm not honestly not sure where you can see that. I'm I'm sure you can rent it, uh, but I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere. It's definitely um, available. I again, I don't know where I've seen it, but I can't remember which streaming service. Uh, we had screeners for it, so I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start. Yeah. Uh, you know, bragging yeah. about that like Joe. Um, right. But no, this is uh, it is available. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. I'll look it up because I do want no. people to see it. Uh, but continue. Yeah, so uh, what's yeah. your what was that? Your number yeah, my, three? That, that was number three. So number four is another one, again, widely available on Netflix. This is a very short little documentary. Um, I think it's something like 65 minutes and it is a beautiful little movie. It's called My Octopus Teacher. And it's about a um, the, the filmmaker, the, the sub, I guess he's made himself the subject of the film more or less, but he's a skin diver or, you know, he's a free diver, I think is what they call it. And he's in South Africa, just off the coast of South Africa. Um, and he goes on these dives and he encounters this octopus and the octopus is, you know, very, very friendly to him, you know, just comes up to him and kind of swims around him a little bit. And he decides that he's going to return to that spot every day for a year. So he does, and the octopus becomes like his best friend. And it is, it is amazing, the, the things that you see, the way the octopus reacts to him. Um, there's a, um, a, Wait, a is bit this later real? on. This is a real, it's a real documentary. Yeah, this it is, is not, an animated It's not a dramatic shit. film. What? No, it is, it, is a, it is a documentary, yeah. I've not heard and of this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing and just, it's one of those like, like it's almost a, a we, you almost would think it's like a weepy, you know, kind of dramatic, you know, feature, but, and, and maybe they will make a movie of it someday. Hopefully they will, but the, the documentary is terrific. And there, there is a bit later on where uh, there's a shark that lives in the area. It's a small shark. That's not threatening to the man, um, but, but potentially is to the octopus. So, and, and he has taken like this, he has this, this rule that he can't really, um, intervene in you know nature taking its course so as the shark is is you know menacing the octopus he he really can't do anything about it so or you know or at least he has to kind of go through this you know the in his mind like should i go and like you know kick this stupid little shark out of the way and and knock it out you know and make it leave my buddy alone but but no kidding that the the man comes in and the octopus comes up to him and and like in this very loving way, like wraps itself around him, and and they like hang around with each other, and you know like they're playing and things, and then of course he goes into to what you know what octopi are as creatures, and they're amazingly intelligent, and they're they're really like aliens living in the ocean, um, yeah, and and they and the the highlight for me was him saying that in each of their little suckers, they have their each one of them has its own cognition. So it's like each one of them has its own little brain. And I, I just thought that was a, a just a fascinating little bit about octop an octopus. And uh, and it, it, the octopus really becomes this character that, you know, that you're watching. And, you know, and so it, it has a little bit of tension there with the shark and it's got, you know, it, it's, it's just a fun, fun movie. What's this called again? It, it, it's called My Octopus Teacher. And it, and it is, I stumbled on it on Netflix. I think like the first day it hit and, and it's still, I know it's still on there. I, I run across it all the time as I'm scrolling through, you, you got to check it out. It's, it's amazing. Um, last one, 
um, or a few minutes ago, we, we talked about just briefly about um, horror movies. I mentioned something about how it was kind of an unexpectedly good year for me for under the radar type horror movies. There's one called Run that has uh, Sarah Paulson. Um, there's uh, the Jack in the Box, which I really enjoyed. Um, uh, you mentioned Relic briefly. I saw that. That's that's a really good movie. Yeah, and it's a great take on on dementia and, and on aging. Um, but the one that I want to mention is called Host. And I believe this one's on Shutter, which again, you as you said, you can get through Amazon. Um, you and, might, I think I think if you get the AMC app, it uh, has Shutter on it. I don't know if you can actually get just okay. Shutter. Maybe you can. I'm yeah. not sure. Maybe you would. Yeah, know, you, but yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I I've done and I kind of I end up doing it a couple times a year because my daughter wants to watch all the Halloween movies, and so. I'll get it. And it's like, I think it's like $8 for them. So I'll be like, Oh, yeah. you know, it, let's get it for a month. You know, um, again, figure out how to cancel it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but, but host is another one of these. It's a real brisk movie. It, it, again, just over an hour. It's, it is a, um, it's a zoom movie. So it's essentially six friends who were playing, who were um, on zoom and they're, obviously they're distancing because of the pandemic and they have decided that they're going to do a seance on zoom and see what happens. And so they have this friend that's a, that's, you know, she fancies herself as a medium and she, you know, she knows about supernatural stuff and she's like, there's no reason why we couldn't do it over zoom. So, so they start. And, and of course, you know, and as we sit here talk, it's, it's virtually identical to this layout it's got the grid view where you see everybody's, you know, faces at a given time. And, you know, of course, as they go through the seance, things go horribly wrong and it's, it's scary. It builds tension really well for, uh, for, you know, for a film where you're essentially sitting in a room, you're sitting in six different rooms, six to seven different rooms, but there's no, there's almost no movement, you know, other than, you know, the head, you know, kind of head and shoulders and hands, um until toward the end it it kind of it breaks away from it at the end as is necessary to the plot but it it works man and it's it's uh again short enough that the the gimmick of it doesn't get old and it's got some really good scares and is just a it's just a fun fun little horror movie to watch so um that that's my fifth so that's my fifth and last interesting uh, again i cheated i cheated and threw a couple extras in there with my with my horror picks but um yeah, th- those are my my five, six, seven, eight honorable mentions. <laughs> you're supposed to, you're supposed to be influenced by my good traits, not my traits of cheating and adding right. extra movies like my small axe choice. Uh, though I still stand yeah. by that, but I, I also understand Absolutely. it's a little cheaty. Um, by the way, yeah. the Golden Globes do the Golden Globes disagree and called that a TV series. Which um, okay, which, which is bullshit. Let me say this. Right. I understand five <laughs> separate movies. I get that one. Uh-huh. The TV series thing, I will fight to the death. This uh-huh. is not an anthology television miniseries. That's right. fucking stupid. Right. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, I agree. And and we, we approached it as five different films for the IFJA. And um and we, we did have a, a debate about it, but yeah, they, they just tossed it into the, the TV cat, which I guess got it more maybe got it a couple extra nominations. So sure. you know, whatever. Yeah, and that, and that the may Golden be Globes true. don't mean squat anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, you know what though? It, it is well, but the thing with the Golden Globes though is it often seems to put pressure on the Oscars, right? Because if one does yeah. really well, there's a lot of anticipation 
for what the Oscars, which is kind of the big, uh, like general public show, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, uh, you know, Sundance is happening, I think, right now, or just did, or I think we're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of festivals going on, but this is just the big award season, right? And um, yep. the Golden Globes actually just posted on uh, various uh, social media. So check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, you can let us know out of the choices for best film drama and best film comedy musical, which would you mm-hmm. choose? Uh, just posted that today. Now, on, on to my yep. honorable mentions. I don't really have a whole lot to say about these because mm-hmm. four of my five that I chose were either on you, on Joe's, or, or Matthew's list. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of talked about them then. So I'll go through those fairly quickly. Um, and, and I'm, these are basically my 11 through 15 essentially. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh I'm pretty sure actually also on Letterboxd on my personal account, which you guys can find me as Austin Glidden on there. Um, but I just did my top 25. I just did a 25. Why not? Um, and, um, so now, now I'm questioning whether these actually are my, my 11 through 15, cause I may have changed it, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. These are great honorable mentions. Number, uh, yeah. the first one honorable mention is the assistant, which we discussed. It was on Matthew's list mm-hmm. and uh, really, yeah. really great. Very, very quiet, um, story basically about a, you know, uh, an assistant for a famous producer. That's a very Weinstein esque producer. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of unravels where you start to, the assistant starts to see some stuff and question some things and wonder, should I say something? And um, it's just a really great um, kind of, uh, I, I, hate, I I feel like this is like a buzz term with this movie, but it really is kind of a, a good kind of Me Too movement movie. Uh, you know, like one of those uh, sort of things. Really great. Uh, the next one, my second honorable mention is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which we talked about quite a bit mm-hmm. because it was, I think, Matthew's number two and it was your number one. Um, yep. Also, uh, uh, Chris Lloyd from the Film Yaps number one. So uh, yep. l- lots of lots of love for that. Uh, the, tw- the 20th Century, which were on both yours and Matthew's <laughs> list, uh, is, uh-huh. you know, the next honorable mention. I cannot stress enough, listeners, if you're listening to this and not my father, because uh, dad, you'll hate this movie. <laughs> the 20th century, like Brandon Thrasher, I'm calling you out. Like, I don't know who else to call out, but other people, if you're listening <laughs> to this and you like weird uh, shit, watch the 20th century. This shit is cool. All right. I can't uh, wait to buy this and just force people to watch it. It's it's uh, a yeah. very bizarre Canadian movie. Uh, it's one of those just sit back and enjoy it. Just uh, just the craft and everything is just so bizarre. Uh, really, really fun. Now, my fourth... Actually, I'll just skip to the fifth one first. Uh, my next honorable mention is Time, which is a uh, short documentary. Uh, it's, it's like 80-some minutes. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly uh, quick sit-through, um, but a very emotional ride about you know uh, a, a woman and her partner who uh, basically went to prison for robbing a bank. She gets out, mm-hmm. takes care of... I think she has like six kids or something. I can't remember. And her husband is in prison for like decades. Like, you know, he's he has this yeah. really long, long uh, prison sentence. And basically it's about her never neglecting the crime that was committed. They, they, she always admits like, no, we did it. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, like he doesn't, des- he deserves to be with his family at this point. Like he's not, there were reasons why we did this that are no longer a thing. And he can be, yeah. Um, a contribution to society, and and it's she's a really powerful speaker, and it's really great. So those are those are four of them uh, that we already talked about. Check out um, the last two episodes, which are uh, part one and two of our top ten favorite films of 2020, 
and that's me, Joe, who's here with me today, and then Matthew Sosi from uh, WFYI's Film Sociology. Um, and anyways, so here, here's here's my final honorable mention. Uh, and I, I just had to fit this in. I might even like another movie more than it. I don't know. But I just really wanted to yeah. fit this in. You know, some people on their honorable mentions had something like Hamilton or, or some of these other kind of like, uh, you know, it might be like a, a canned theater thing. And some people are like, is this really a movie or is it a live performance? You know, which I don't really care about that distinction. David Byrne's American Utopia, directed by Spike Lee, uh, is a performance like it is a live performance movie. But it also has the power of a film to me. And, and um, you know, it was on my top 10 for a long time. But, you know, as I started really barreling through a lot of these 2020 movies, it ended up getting pushed out, of course. But uh, it's just one of it's a movie that I often heard the following line accompany it when it was mentioned. It's like, you know, I loved David Byrne's American Utopia because for such a shitty year like 2020, this really made me feel hopeful. And and Joe, you know that yeah. I just rant about how much I hate those justifications because that is just, in my <laughs> right. opinion, no reason for a movie yeah. to be good. It may be a reason for people to like it. Right. Like, I get that. But it doesn't make a movie any better. Mm. But anyways, um, right. David Byrne's American Utopia, though, is a very in the best year. Hopeful. Okay. I mean, it really yeah. is a wonderful uh, experience. And uh, Spike Lee, of course, takes certain liberties at times where he'll cut away from the live performance and have certain uh, interjected scenes that really kind of push that Spike Lee agenda that he always has about racial justice. And and, and I, I'm fully welcomed. I don't mean for that to sound negative. Uh, it was a really great addition. And uh, and David Byrne is just such a such a cool dude, and his music in it is so I found it very powerful, and I kind of just sat entranced by the whole experience. And was it as good as any of my top ten? No. And like I said, it's it's really arguable whether it should be in my eleven through fifteen, but it is a really excellent uh, thing to see. Um, I'm pretty sure this is on HBO Max, so if you have any HBO subscription through anything, you should be able to see. David Burns, American Utopia. So that's, uh, you know, we've, we've covered some movies that we didn't get around to seeing, but, you know, if any of them sounded interesting to you, if we talked about them enough at all, or if you start seeing them pop up in award seasons, you can check those out. We also named some honorable mentions that you should definitely, definitely check out if you have the time. But we're going to get to our last two little segments of this episode. We're going to talk about, first, our unexpected Delights. These are the movies that we expected to be bad, and they ended up being pretty dang tolerable, if not great. Joe, why don't you give <laughs> us your unexpected delights? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and 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 maybe I approach this as um, not only maybe I thought it was going to be bad, or maybe I just didn't know about it. You know, maybe sure. it was just an under the radar that I loved. That's fair. Um, and and the first one um, is uh, a Hulu film called Good Boy. And uh, it stars Judy Greer, and she gets basically a dog that is a psychopathic killer. <laughs> and, and of course, the dog loves her, but everyone who crosses her ends up dead. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a sort of a horror comedy. It's, it's um, hysterically funny at times. Um, Judy Greer is, is amazing. I'll watch her in anything. Um, I'm going to actually mention her again in another movie. Uh, Hold on, uh, in just how, a few minutes. How is Judy Greer so good, and yet she is still not 
an A-lister to me. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like she's she's yeah. in so many things. She was in Uncle Frank. She was in, uh, yeah. you know, uh, this movie you're talking about. I saw her in something else, and I'm just yeah. spacing what else it was. She was in several I'll, things. Well, I'll, I'll mention it in a minute. Okay. The one. She probably... was in Halloween, for God's sake. You yeah. know? Last, yeah. And she was terrific. Every yeah, time I see her. she's just amazing and everything. She's yeah. fantastic. And if I, I believe this is the person... Someone's probably going to be like, you idiot, that's not the same person. I'm pretty sure it's Judy Greer. She actually loved the Planet of the Apes movies so much that when they did the remake reboots, which I am a huge fan of, I actually just finally yeah. got around to seeing War for the Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. for the first time. I've, ha- I've owned the trilogy, and I hadn't watched <laughs> that one. I didn't get to see it when it was in yeah. theaters. I just watched it this uh, in January. Um, uh-huh. and, and I'm just going to go out and say, and this is something, uh, that we can either praise together or fight about sometime, Joe. Uh, but I think this is one of the best blockbuster franchises mm-hmm. in terms of like, they make really, they just make good films. Like it's not just about yeah, fun. Yeah. Like they really, really, I think yeah, there's oh, yeah, something absolutely. arguable in those and I really love them. So mm-hmm. anyways, Judy Greer, <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure yeah. it was her, um, on, I was listening to her on WTF Mark Maron's podcast and she, I, I want to say that she just like contacted the producers and was like, I don't care. I just want to be, I don't care if anybody ever knows I'm in it. Like, just, can I just be one of the like apes? <laughs> like, just put me in there, yeah. put a, you know, CG overlay. I'll just wear the suits uh. and like do the thing. Again, I could have the wrong person. If not, look up who it is because that's an interesting story regardless. But the point is, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Judy Greer. And I just love yeah. that she's that kind of person too. Like, she just loves something so yeah. much, she still does something out of passion for it. And uh, so continue, please. But I just love Judy yeah. Greer and I just feel like she's oh. just so underrated, even though she's in. She absolutely so much. Is, yeah. 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 She, she's always, she's like perpetually stuck as, as like the second banana, the sidekick character. And yeah. And it's a crime because she's amazing. And, and yeah, so the, she is the star of the, of this film and, and uh, you know, rightfully so. Uh, but anyway, the next film uh, going back to the to my um, my my horror gems is um, called Alone. So this is I actually saw a, this by the way. Yeah, and it's uh, so John Hyams directed it. Uh, it's a it's got uh, Mark Menchacha, who I have had not seen in anything ever, and now I've seen him in several things. Um, he does a lot of TV, um, but it's basically a young woman is driving and. Uh, psycho road rager chase starts chasing her and it it ends up spilling into the woods and it turns out he's a complete you know he's a complete psychopathic killer and it wants to murder her so it's in in a sense it's kind of a take on unhinged the russell crowe film from earlier this year you know any number of road rage or you know woman versus killer movies um there's one called hush that was on netflix a couple years ago that i really love Uh, it's the the formula is the same but it's um, this one is, this one is, I would say this one's superior to unhinged. If, if anyone has seen that this year, um, unhinged has obviously more star power with Russell Crowe, um, and is a similar, similarly theme, but this one is done so much better. Um, not that I, not that I dislike that movie, but, um, but this one is done in a really great way. Uh, it's like I said, spills into the woods and, um, he, the, the man physically overmatches her and, it seems mentally is able to, you know, outwit her at every turn um, until of course, you know, at some point the tables turn to a degree. So 
Um, very worth watching. Uh, I don't remember where you can see this one, but it is. Um, oh, I wish I could remember where it was at because it's it's readily available. I'll I'll look it up maybe, and, and we'll see if we can't well, drop it. You into can look a... it up now because I want to say something about this. <laughs> okay, great, great, <laughs> uh, you great, know, great. Um, on so uh, I, I, this is not one of my unexpected delights. Though, what's funny is I actually have a horror movie on my list, and mm-hmm. I probably could have taken it out and put alone i kind of regret not putting alone on there now because i actually liked alone Uh, more than the horror movie that's on mine and thought they were both going to be equally as bad um but Uh. (laughs) um uh when i i so the very first bonus content that we ever did for this we did with a band called bane and ever since i talked to uh zach bedard and james uh you know i've pretty much kept up with bedard and zach and you know i would consider them you know uh, friends, not close. Like we, we just text back and forth every once in a while, and we comment on each other's shit and all that. So, anyways, uh, but yeah. Zach, one of the movies he told me about on that episode, and one of the mm-hmm. movies he's texted me about is Alone. He's like, dude, check this out. I hope you like it. You might not, but I hope you do. He really loved it. So that was my reason. My my wife loves horror movies, and I was like, hey, let's just watch uh-huh. this one. Who cares if it's bad? Like it's a 2020 movie. I'll knock it out, right? Um, and you know, again, I didn't like love it. But it's worth seeing. I mean, and 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 the the guy, the the killer guy that you hadn't seen in much, he is in a lot of like pretty good TV. He was in HBO's The Outsider, which I believe huh. is the first one I saw him in. Yes. Um, but he's in he's in yeah. several, he's been in several movies, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, he's great. The lead actress is great, but the, they build tension pretty well. And I would say mm-hmm. this: they never do anything that stupid in it. You know, like that's usually yes. where horror movie, contemporary horror movies really get under my skin is they'll do something really just stupid, you know, and I never yeah. really felt like that. Uh, it, dude, I, I'm so glad you brought this up. It's it's uh, it was Zach's favorite film up to uh, when we did that episode and oh, yeah. uh, favorite film of the year. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's a great kind of unexpected delight. You're spot on. Did you find where, where we can watch it? you know you have to pay for um i now that i think about it i think i did pay for it at at my friend nick rogers behest um but i i want to say it's on hulu but what i keep finding on hulu oh wait a minute maybe 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 yes yes hulu so go go check it out on hulu okay cool there it is so you can find absolutely uh you can find the horror movie alone on hulu what what's uh what's your next unexpected delight joe my my next one um is a uh i believe it's literally a hallmark movie um it's on it's on hulu oh my god it is (laughs) it's called happiest season it's a christmas movie and it is it's a christmas movie where uh we have two young urban pretty lesbians and one of them wants to the one of them is going home for christmas the other one has nothing to do um and so there's the invitation come on home and meet my parents um but there's a secret that her parents don't know that she's gay um so Kristen stewart and Mackenzie davis star in this it is you've seen this movie a million times you know it's a meet the parents formula um it is far far better than it has any right to be uh Kristen Stewart I mentioned already Mackenzie Davis um Mary Steenburgen plays the mother um uh Allison Brie is in it and um 
Judy Greer is also in it. I believe is Judy Greer in this movie. Judy Greer might not be in this movie. Stop no, misleading us, Joe. I am. I'm. I'm just. I'm totally screwed today. Um, I swear. Um, Judy Greer was in this movie. Um, <laughs> maybe she's not. Uh, I guess she's not. She's in everything except this movie. Um, so uh, Aubrey Plaza's in it. Dan Levy from uh, Schitt's Creek is in it. Um, so Victor Garber, um, who I know from Titanic as the the guy who actually built the ship, if you remember him, he plays the dad. Uh, it's it's manufactured as hell. Um, <laughs> But uh, Anna Gasteyer from Saturday Night Live is in it too, has a small role. But it's it's just fun and whimsical and delightful, and it's like it's a good it's a good solid Christmas movie. If this is not a top ten movie for me, I think it's like number ninety on my list or something. But it should have been like bottom third. Like if, if yeah. I if, I think I think if you had taken any any you know if you took a couple of little pieces out of this maybe Aubrey Plaza's character uh maybe Dan Levy's character maybe if uh um Allison Brie wasn't available this movie would have just been garbage chances are yeah and it would have been you know any number you know lost in the shuffle of any number of movies but instead it's it's fun and delightful it, there's actually a couple of fun um like moments where I actually like laughed out loud you know um which usually during a Hallmark type movie I'm watching I'm like this is stupid you know yeah but um but there, there's a couple of good laughs. Mary Steenburgen, by the way, still has it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just want to, I just want to go on record and say that. Um, and and she's, you know, she's really good in this movie. So um, go check that out. There's a lot of people you chances are you you enjoy in this movie, and they just kind of hang out. You can just see them hanging out on set with each other, having a good time. Yeah, and, and making a movie. There's there's a good sister sister. Um, um, like like sisterly rivalry uh subplot that really does a lot for the movie too so yeah. uh, it's it's fun it's just I, fun just go check it out i gotta say real quick I, I hate that i'm prolonging your list i apologize but uh-huh. um uh but i I, th- I thought the movie you were gonna say this is why i groaned and with a cast like uh, that that seems like a that's a good this is mm-hmm. like the reason we do unexpected <laughs> delights because it's like no this right. isn't anywhere close to my top 10 maybe but it's like huh? This was just an interesting thing that I saw that I want to just express. That's exactly what I'm going for, too. But I thought you were going to do the Hallmark movie Love, Lights, Hanukkah. Oh, good (laughs) Because um, (laughs) when I listened to the F This Movie into the year list, one of their guys, Adam Risky, put this on his top ten. And I still can't tell Uh, if he's being serious or not. Because I got to say this. You know, maybe it's good. I haven't seen it. You know, it's a G-rated movie from Hallmark directed by Mark... Gene or Jean, whichever, uh, you know, mm-hmm. written by Karen Berger, and it stars Mia Kirshner, Ben Savage, and Mary Lou Henner. So, you know, comparable to the cast you named, not really. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but anyways, right. um, you know, so I thought that's where you were going with it, Joe, is my whole point. Uh, so I'm glad that yeah. it wasn't that. Can you tell us the name of that one again? Yeah, that that's Happiest Season. Happiest so, Season. All right. Like I said, you know, just if, if you feel like watching, it's, I hate, I hate the term shut off your brain movie, but it's a movie where you can kind of do that and just have a good time with it, but you won't feel like your intelligence is being insulted. It, you know, that it's, it's like, it's one of those. Okay. At the same time. All right. Um, so my fourth one, um, I'm going the documentary route. And um, again, this isn't one that I necessarily knew about, but I saw it and just thought it was a 
a delight in a lot of different ways. And um, that, that's uh, the, the film Class Action Park. Mm. It's, a, a, again, a documentary about a, a of course, real-life water park. If, if, you, uh, if you lived through the 80s like, like I did, and I think you did to a certain extent, uh, water parks, outdoor water parks, water slide parks was a big thing for a while in the mid-80s. And uh, the one, this one in New York was uh, particularly infamous and it, it goes through the entire process of from concept to the design. The, the man who designed it is something of a shyster and he kind of did end arounds around the uh, safety protocols and things um, and, and the engineering process and designing slides. And the result is sometimes hilarious and sometimes not um it it goes off it, it goes off in a it veers off in a serious direction later on when the um you know the the worst case scenario happens when fatalities happen is what you're getting at yeah. yes yes well yeah when, when a couple of children die you know when everybody gets all upset but uh but the film get, but the, yeah, the, the film takes a really serious turn of course when when a, a child does die um but the beginning of the film uh, almost paints this guy as as this like P.T. Barnum type, you know, figure. There are celebrities, uh, Sarah Silverman, and uh, you know, character, you know, co- comedians of uh, a variety of comedians of, of kind of her ilk. And I'd have to go, run yeah. It down what's to funny find though, out who everybody is, but what's funny is whenever it, when it has their their lower third that has like their name and everything, it just says yeah. uh, like like park attender. Or so, like it doesn't even call him a comedian. Yeah, right. It just says like someone right. who visited the park, which I thought was yes. really funny because I knew them as comedians. Um, right. I, I, yeah. I do want. I want to jump in real fast if you don't mind. Sure. Um, I, I do want to give one thing. This is early on in the film. <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me. And they're talking about the design of this like loop de loop water slide, right? So you yes. go down, and then it does like a full like loop where you go upside down, and then you go out. What well, was so shittily built that like the the guy that was running the park was paying these like high school kids like $100 bills for who would try yeah. it out right and they get so battered and bruised in it and some people were actually losing teeth and these teeth were getting yeah. lodged in the slide and then people were getting lacerations when they would try and once they looked in they realized people were being lacerated by teeth that people lost yeah. that's the yeah. kind of movie yeah. this is class action park everybody yeah yeah absolutely so it's 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 one of these you have to see it to believe it um but it's it's very believable again when people complain not to get too political people complain about too many regulations show them class action park and say this is why we have regulations (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know what some of the people that were there like those comedians may have had the time of their life and that's great for Uh them but you know what people also died so yeah yeah what's the trade-off and yeah, and and yeah, uh, you know these parents' lives were ruined, you know by you know their their children, you know their their child died in a horrible way, you know as a result of you know the the horrible way that they built this park. So, uh, you know the the lack of of attention that they paid to safety protocols and things. So, um, it's it's a it's a dual kind of a dual thing. Early on, you're laughing, and then you stop laughing and go, "Wow, this is kind of a thing." Um, and then, you, and then you see kind of the ultimate fate of the guy who designed it and what he ended up doing later on. And um, it, it's, it, so it, it touches on a lot of, a lot of issues um, in kind of an entertaining package. So yeah. um, definitely we're checking out on HBO Max. HBO if you, Max. If you yep. have that. Yep. 
Yep. And then what's your number um, five? My last, my number five, last one. I'll I'll quickly, hopefully, gloss over this. It's called Becky. It is a it's another kind of horror slash action thriller. Um, it stars Kevin James. Uh, Joel McHale is also in it. It's essentially um, an R-rated Home Alone uh, with neo Nazis instead of <laughs> just burglars. So Kevin James plays yes he plays the, the leader of a gang of es- of prison escapees. They're they're neo Nazis, and they. Um, <laughs> I, again i'm laughing thinking about it if you think about kevin james usual you know his usual shtick right it's not playing neo-nazi they anyway they they menace this family um uh and the the daughter who is you know 12 or 13 years old um named becky of course she gets away and runs into the woods and basically sets up traps to in in very terrible and gory ways uh subdue her her tormentors so you know the the bad guys chase her and she knows how to set traps out in the woods and you know they they lose limbs and other various things um it's it's very bloody it's it's uh, you know extremely i mean extremely gory uh it it, like eyeball wounds kind of thing uh but it's it's a it's just a fun time it's it's just you know just again just something I, i watched not knowing anything about it and came out and was like, this movie is pretty cool. So um, yeah, go check out Becky. I, I'm not even sure where you can watch this. I don't remember where I watched it, honestly. I saw it early in the year, but it's uh, it's very much worth uh, uh, looking for. Becky. Okay. All right. I keep reminding myself it's either Unexpected Delights. So yes. that's, you know, <laughs> they could have been terrible and they weren't. And that's great. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to jump over to mine real quick. Unexpected Delights. Um, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on most of these. Uh, but there is one that I'll probably try to defend with my life, even though I don't really think I need to. I just don't think enough people saw it. Um, yeah. But uh, my first unexpected delight is a Netflix movie, um, action movie, actually. And anybody who knows me, who's listening to this, knows that I am not a big <laughs> action fan, okay? I do yeah. like action uh-huh. movies, but I do not like... Action movies where it's just a bunch of like CG chaos and uh, a bunch of like streaking across the scene, like the screen being thrown. Like, I just get super bored with long action sequences unless there is some level of true craft, not just computer generated, you know, contemporary art form, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but like, you know, like the raid, I could watch those fight scenes all day, man. I actually like yes. John Wick a lot, you know, like you get into these action movies and I'm in, you get into, you know, at least the two of the, what, 14 Fast and the Furious movies that I've seen. I've only seen two of them. Uh-huh. Not for yeah. me. I can't do it. Don't yeah. like it. It's not fun. Uh-huh. This, however, is a Netflix movie. It's just under two hours long, directed by Sam Hargrave and it's called Extraction. This stars Chris Hemsworth and, um... I, I'll tell you why I liked it, and 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 I, I will admit again, like you, this is not like super high on my list. This wasn't even in my top twenty-five, but <clears throat> excuse me, this was. I expected this to be really terrible, Joe, and I think I was yeah. like halfway through it when I already started texting you. I was like, dude, this movie's half decent, dude. And by the end, I'm like, this yeah. movie kind of rules. Like, what's happening? <laughs> um, I really expected to hate it, but. You know, the end, uh, by the end, it turns very typical, unfortunately, and it becomes kind of a, yeah. a cliche action movie. 
But up to yeah. it though, and that's only like the last ten minutes or so. It's it's really not that yeah, yeah. bad. But man, uh. there is an action sequence where they're driving through this like Indian city. And uh-huh. um, and by that, I mean, like, they're in India, I believe. I can't remember exactly where they are. Um, and I'm, like, looking at it right now, but it's not saying the place. Uh, but anyways, wherever they are, um, you know, they're, they're in this kind of marketplace. And, like, I think I want to say, and it could have been some co- sort of, like, creative editing, but it looked like one long take. And he's just fighting all these guys. And the camera's, like, fitting these little nooks and crannies and clearly being passed off to other people so that it can like move the way it does. Cause it would be impossible for one person to do this. And, uh, but it's following him through. And these are the raid level heavy hitting combat sequences that are not made out of editing, which I appreciate. Right. It's made out of like choreography and someone put time yeah. and effort into creating this like hard hitting, uh, just like heavy movie, you know, and, and Chris Hemsworth yeah. plays like the, the, uh, the uh, uh, the what am I trying to say here? The the battered warrior who has lost everything in his life and is a thrill seeker now, just to feel anything, right? And he takes the one right. suicide mission that no one else will take. I mean, this sounds like a complete cliche, and everything I read about it in the trailer and everything uh-huh. looks so bad. And I'm telling you, that long take sequence, amazing. Um, like yeah. I, you know, I don't like the movie Rambo Four. Just it's just called Rambo, I think. Per right. se, well, well, hold on, hold on. I don't think it's a great movie. I should say, but I had a fucking right. great time watching it because it's yeah, so yeah. ridiculous. I think it's really bad, but it was like really fun. I think this, I like this in the same way, but I don't think it's bad. Does that make sense? Like, right. I think it's yeah, it's yeah. as good. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I give it like a three star, like three stars or something. You know, n- nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah. But man, it's really fun. This is one that you just throw on. Um, there's a sequence, and it might be in that long take, but I think this is a separate time where he's fighting kind of uh, an equal level adversary, and he can't yeah. best him, and that guy can't best Chris Hemsworth, and they're fighting. And there's a point where this car spins into like place, and the camera yeah. goes fluidly into the car, and then the car drives off. It is perfectly and flawlessly executed. Clearly, there was someone sitting in the back seat I'm assuming, uh-huh. and the camera was passed off to that person just as the car flips, like, you know, Tokyo drifts in, basically, you know? Yeah. And, like, it's, I right. mean, just this stuff, like, kind of baffled me because the whole time I'm watching, even whenever it might have not caught the best of my interest, right? Like, I was still yeah. thinking about, like, how did they do that, though? That's super interesting. There was more than just, like, wild action stuff going on, and I, I just really... Really had a great time. Uh, this was also written by one of the Russo brothers, uh, Joe Russo. Um, I don't think. Oh, Anthony mm-hmm. Russo was involved in the story too. So that you know, they did yeah. uh, Endgame and uh, mm-hmm. Infinity War, and they did Cap Two, which I think is huh? one of the one of, if not the best MCU movie. I'm going to throw yeah. that out there. Absolutely. And <laughs> yeah, yeah they, um, they did both of the, the the second and third Captain America. They yeah. did both of those last Avengers movies. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they they yeah. do a lot in, of big in other stuff. words, the best stuff of the the Marvel universe. Debatable. Yeah. We'll fight about that. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, no. Seriously, Extraction. Check it out. It's it's pretty well directed. Huh? I mean, it looks good. Toward the end, especially, I feel like some CG starts to kick in and it doesn't look as great uh-huh. as it should because early on there's CG, but I didn't even notice it. Like it was just happening and it was like really, I don't know. I, I'm sincerely impressed. I didn't expect to talk about it this long. Yeah. Extraction's mm-hmm. good. The second one yeah. is a movie that I thought would be pretty cool. I love 
H.P. Lovecraft stories. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, my my next one is a movie by Richard Stanley, who hadn't directed anything like 20 years or something. And he directed this great Nicolas Cage vehicle called Color Out of Space. And now, yes. uh, I, do, I do like Nick Cage. <clears throat> but... Uh-huh. And, and and things like Mandy, for example, uh, you yes. know, those really give me faith in you know. I mean, that's Nick Cage being you know <laughs> right. concentrated Nick Cage, but it fits, it works, it's really good. You know, he can still yeah. do these things, but by and large, most of the vehicles that he's in, you know, most of these movies, I think, are really bad. Even oh, if yeah. I like him in them, right? But this yeah, one yeah. was they're, a, they're they're tax they're tax bill movies that you know. Yeah. That that's been the the knock on him the last you know decade, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. Uh, Killer out of space. The, honestly, my the only thing that took me out of this movie is sometimes I think the CG gets pretty ridiculous. Uh, but mm. uh, aside from that, man, this movie rules. I mean, like, oh yeah, absolutely. I really thought this movie was gonna suck, and because um, I thought they were gonna try way too hard to be like an '80s body horror movie, and yes, they actually do it pretty well uh and so uh, anybody you know if, if you think nick cage is a joke or if you really like nick cage just watch this you know uh yeah. because it is dude there's a scene where there are multiple scenes where <laughs> this weird media because the whole point is this meteor comes down from space lands it's glowing this weird pinkish purple which is a very lovecraftian you know through line and mm-hmm. uh basically it starts affecting everyone in the house that is right next to the meteor. So every time Nick Cage is being like affected by it, he, for some reason starts talking like a Valley girl or something or like some (laughs) high school girl. And I know this Uh sounds like so bad. It's good, but it's like, it's kind Uh of so awesome because if anyone else was that guy, not Nick Cage, if any other actor was there, it would be terrible, but because it's Nick Cage and because you know how spazzy and ridiculous he can be, it also plays into his typecast as well as plays out of it. Love it. So, yeah. uh, so uh, yeah. you know, uh, color out of space. That that's uh, not quite I'll an honorable you. mention, but uh, it's there. What, what do you want to say? Yeah, I'll I'll tell you. I I you know I I went through was going through my list. You know, assembling this, and um, I, I I ran across that so many times and thought about writing it down and you know and adding it to my list. So yeah, yeah. that that's that's a really terrific one. Yeah, to add. It's so good. It's so good. Um, my third one is the horror movie. I said that. Now I'd probably go back and possibly put Alone in its place because I think that the movie I'm about to name has more impressive sequences than any of Alone's sequences. But I think Alone is far more consistent, and I value that more. Um, but but yeah. this one is, uh, you know, this got quite a bit of buzz there for a while. It's by uh, Lee Wanell, and it's The Invisible Man. Um, yes. I didn't love this movie. Please understand, if you look at my uh-huh. rating, it's very neutral. <laughs> like, you know. uh-huh. But there are yeah. scenes in this that I really love. If we were doing favorite yes. scenes of the year, this might have a couple oh, yes. that I was really, really into. But the, I think The restaurant this, scene is the, the one, right? Well, so, <laughs> a lot of people talk about that one. That's not even the one yeah. I'm talking about. I forgot That's not the one, about yeah. that uh-huh. until you said it. So, um, okay. though it is a good one. It is a good... It's just... It's yeah. the shocking scene. Uh, you know, I'm thinking yes. more of like... Let's just say the cell phone in the attic. Like okay, those yeah, sequences yeah. really got me. That's like that was yeah. my kind of tension. And so mm-hmm. this came out whenever you could still see movies in the theaters, uh, but we were getting mm-hmm. very very close to shutdown. Um it was released yeah. February 28th, so I mean like very very mm-hmm. close to shutdown. 
Um, mm. But it stars Elizabeth Moss, and and it's 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 essentially a play on the classic Universal, you know, The Invisible Man. But it's a very contemporary mm-hmm. kind of very loose sci-fi because the only way you could pull this shit off is with sci-fi. Um, right. But the I mean, dude, uh, Elizabeth Moth Moth Elizabeth Moss <laughs> is actually really good in this, isn't she? Yeah, I mean, like I mean, she is just terrific. Yeah, really good because a lot of horror movies, like I don't think, have very good acting, quite frankly, and that doesn't Mm -hmm. make them bad. Sometimes it's cool, like cool. Yeah, but uh, Mm -hmm. she's very believable in this, and and the whole opening scene actually, uh, Mm -hmm. where she's like trying to get out of her house. I'll just say it that way. That was riddled with tension for me as well, and nothing's happening, and you don't even know what's going on. But you know something's mm-hmm. wrong, right? So good. Yeah. So um, it makes me want to rate it a little higher than I did just talking about these. But if I watched it, I'd probably agree with my rating. Anyways, yeah. uh, The Invisible Man, it was a, 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 an unexpected delight, I guess. My wife and I watched it. Yes. And uh, yeah, I didn't uh, have any mm-hmm. issues with that. So I'm going to uh, okay. move on to my f- number four real quick. And I won't have much to say about this. Uh, but this is a, another horror movie by William Eubank called Underwater. And I mm-hmm. thought this uh, Kristen Stewart vehicle was going to be really terrible. And I, it was on some <laughs> early YouTube, like, best horror movies of 2020 so far lists, right? Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. as was The Invisible Man and uh, Alone. And, and, like, several yeah. movies were... Well, I don't know if Alone was at that point yet, but the point is, like, there were a yeah. bunch of movies, Relic and, and all of these. But quite frankly, like... Often, if someone likes horror enough to make a full video on it, and they're not just doing it because they want to like complete a genre requirement, um, I tend <laughs> right. to not like those horror movies. <laughs> not 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 yeah. on principle. Just like it's just not for me. It, you're not right. the YouTuber for me, right? So I really, mm-hmm. uh, it just the what they were showing on the way we were talking about it. I'm like, this is not that good. There's mm-hmm. no way. Did you see Underwater, Joe? Right. I saw like a third of it. Okay. Yeah. I, I started watching it and I, I think I like, I don't, I don't want to say I fell asleep again. I, I got, I, I didn't, not that I got bored with it. I, I got distracted and had to stop. Let's yeah. Yeah. That. So <laughs> we, now we know that Joe's easily distracted and falls asleep all the time. Anyways. So uh, this stars Kristen Stewart, Vincent Cassell. Uh, who else is in it? TJ Miller um, for what it's worth, I guess. Um, yeah. John Gallagher Jr. I mean, a, bu- a bunch of people. There are implosions in this. There are giant creatures and underwater monsters. This movie, within the first two minutes... Excuse me. Sorry, I keep clearing my throat. Uh, In the first two minutes, this movie takes off, and it's like someone just pulled the trigger and the bullet's flying, okay? Uh, This never really lets up very often. Um, And if that's your type of thing... See, I prefer more development, and there's just, like, none of that here. So I could criticize this movie, but I thought it was going to be terrible, Joe. Thought it was going to be terrible, right. and it actually ended mm-hmm. up being a really fun movie. And the end is like the moment where I was like, "This just earned like <laughs> another half to a full star just for this end." Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I actually really—it's not that it's like this phenomenal ending, but just some of the visuals I'll say that you get and and things is very interesting. Um, yeah, it's it was an unexpected delight. I ended up uh, enjoying it for the most part. So my final one, this is uh, a movie starring Mr. and Mrs. Kent, as you put it, uh, Joe. This is Uh Diane Lane, Kevin Costner, and a uh, Thomas Bazooka movie called Let Him Go. If you watch the, if you see the poster for this, 
Yeah. It looks really awful. If you watch the trailer for this, it looks like, you know, they must have tried to get like old Mel Gibson to do this and he turned it down. And then they tried to get Liam Neeson to do it and he had another job. So they got Kevin Costner. Like he's playing (laughs) this very like grizzled old man getting revenge on someone sort of story. But I'll tell you what, man, I watched I watched uh, News of the World and Let Him Go in the same night. Okay, News of the World being kind of this neo western, you know, with Tom Hanks. Yeah. Let Him Go being, you know, set in I think the '60s, um, and it's a western. It's like an anti western almost, like <laughs> you know, or some like a yeah. neo western where it doesn't take place per se in the West, uh, but the story could it is it feels like a western. And uh, man, this I I like this way more than News of the World personally. Um, And I was very neutral on that one. But Let Him Go is essentially about this retired sheriff and his wife, which is, of course, uh, Costner and Lane, uh, grieving over the death of their son and their daughter-in-law after their son dies. Their daughter-in-law gets remarried to uh, one of the wee boys. The wee, bo- wee boy is the last name of this very, very infamous family that Costner and Lane uh-huh. very quickly realize is bad news. Mm-hmm. Uh, upon the former daughter-in-law and their, you know, young, like, four-year-old grandchild or six-year-old grandchild or whatever, once they just disappear, uh, Costner and Lane basically s- s- go out and him using a lot of his, you know, uh, like, cop connections and stuff, trying to find out where they could be. So you know it starts it starts with you know a pretty good solid informative first act second you know the first half of the second act is finding you know this family and then the last half of this movie I can I could see why some people might see it as overkill yeah. um or you know I wouldn't call the wee boys like stereotypes really I get why people call them that I see it a little differently Um, But man, this, I kept putting myself in these shoes. I kept thinking like, what would my dad do if my, my brother Thomas, who has uh, a a young like baby right now, if he died, God forbid, Thomas, I don't want you to die. But if, if Thomas died and then, you know, his partner Madison took the baby and then the family was like crazy. Okay. Like, what would my dad do? My dad would be Kevin Costner in this goddamn movie. That's what he would be. Not literally, but I just like, my point is, I kept like putting these things in my real life. Like, I could kind of one for one them, even though I doubt anything even remotely close to this would happen in real life. But I just kept thinking of like, my dad as Kevin Costner in this, or like my stepmom as Diane Lane, you know, and like thinking how they would respond to these things. And, uh, Honestly, Let Him Go, I think, is a really underrated gem, and it's my favorite unexpected delight of all of these. Uh, just just because, I mean, Joe, you got to see this, man, because I don't think you got to see it. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I just want to yeah. know if you at least like it. I don't expect you to love it. I don't even oh. know if I necessarily like love it, but I like it enough that I right. would buy it and show it to someone. If I had a double feature, it'd be a good one to start with and then maybe show yeah. even a better movie afterwards. But Let Him Go, right. if you can yeah. find it. Um, I, I don't remember if it's out yet, but it should be already out or out this month. It is. Yeah. I thought I've, it was. I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen it around. I just I haven't um, watched it yet. And why yeah. would you? Like, I only watched right. this because I saw it randomly on someone's top 10. And then I went and watched uh-huh. the trailer. 
And then I read a few reviews yeah. intentionally seeking positive ones because I knew what the negative stuff was probably going to say. And I was mostly yeah. accurate. But the positive mm -hmm. reviews were saying some interesting things. And I'll tell you this, too. News of the World has been praised for how beautiful it can be with with like the, mm -hmm. the Western scenery and all that. I think yeah. Let Him Go is more beautiful. It takes place in like Montana or something, of course. And so it's like beautiful. Yeah. Um, but the film takes its time, dude. It's not rushing, yeah. which I thought News of the mm -hmm. World did. It doesn't like rush. It takes yes. time. It builds Absolutely relationships. Did. And and mm -hmm. it, it allows things to just like pace out and take their time mm -hmm. and breathe. And there are scenes yeah. where, you know, Kevin Costner for five seconds is just looking out into this Montana landscape or wherever they are, you know, and, and, but like the five seconds is gorgeous and you can, but you can, there's like, you can always think about what he's thinking about too. Right. So anyways, yeah. uh, that, that's my last unexpected delight. Really love that. Good. I want to just to close up this episode though. I want to jump over real quick, Joe, to our unexpected mm -hmm. disappointments. These are the movies that yes. we really thought we were going to like. And a lot of yes. people liked them. Probably. We just weren't mm -hmm. on board. Now I'm going to, I, I've I've got I've got my fists ready to fight you because I feel like I know what some of yours are already going to be, <laughs> but I want you to I want you to go for it and let us know a few of your unexpected yeah, you, disappointments. I, I don't know, you might not because I, I actually a couple of the ones that were obvious that I had written down I had I had inked in, I crossed them off and went in different directions. So, um, I think I'll I think I'll build up a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm going to start with one I, I think I've mentioned. I think we've we've touched on it last uh, one of the last couple episodes, uh, and that is a film called Downhill, and it stars Will Ferrell and Julia Louis Dreyfus. It's a remake of uh, a film called Force Majeure, a Swedish film from uh, uh, 2014, and it is so the the premise is a family is uh, a family is on a ski trip, uh, on so they're on the side of a mountain, they're eating lunch, and there's an avalanche that looks like it's going to overtake the entire restaurant and possibly kill everyone there. The father is in, played by Will Ferrell in this case, is in a, in a position where he can easily escape and the rest of the family kind of cannot. And he, in that, in that moment of panic, leaps up and flees the scene and essentially is leaving his wife and children to die. Uh, of course, the avalanche doesn't, you know, the avalanche just kind of passes. It, it blows some snow on him, uh, but just kind of goes past. And he kind of comes slinking back and sits down. And there's now this awkward silence. It's like, um, Dad, you you were you just abandoned us to die just a second ago. Uh, the, the original film, uh, like I said, is a fun and interesting and it has, uh, it, you know, it, it examines the, the, the ethics of this and it examines the humanity of, of making that choice and that how in that, in that split second, he just makes a panic move. This turn, uh, Downhill turns this into kind of a wannabe slapstick comedy kind of bit where you're supposed to completely and fully accept what he has done. And, and forgive him for it. And why isn't his family forgiving him? And there's all these just silly, like there's like a lot of silly like group sex jokes and just silly things that are inserted in here that are not, it's not in the original that just drags it down. It's it's it, it's a, a very serious topic that the original film treats with the proper respect. 
this uh, film does not treat it with any of the respect that it deserves and turns it into a vehicle for uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. And it's a poor one. Um, it, it could have been very good if they had, you know, tried to examine these things, but they didn't want to. And, and uh, the result's really disappointing. So uh, Downhill directed by Nat Faxon, um, it, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, so they co-directed it. Um, just, yeah, it, it's just not, it's not worth your time. It, it's go, go track down force majeure and, and watch that. It's got subtitles. It's very, it's very accessible and very good. And is uh, that film's very worth seeing uh, for the the family dynamic. This one is not so so skip that one for for absolutely sure. And, and if you've seen it and you enjoy it, you know come come engage with me. And tell me why you liked it because you know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my next one is a, a film that I I really really wanted to like. Um, I I like um, the actors in it. I thought the premise was fun. Um, and it's, it's a film called Save Yourselves. Uh, it stars uh, Sunita Mani, who you all know. I'm going to look her up. I'm looking her up here. Um, to, she, you, if you, she's, one of these, she's one of these actresses. She's young, a young comedian. If you looked her up, you would know her. Um, she was in, oh, she was in Glow. That's what I know her from, the, the, um, the Netflix series. She was in Mr. Robot, I guess. Also, I didn't watch Mr. Robot, but she was in that too. Um, the, the, essentially, the premise of this is a young, kind of hip, urban, married couple goes out to the woods, and they want to unplug from technology. So they do not bring their cell phones, and they find themselves in the midst of what they think is an alien invasion, which may be an alien invasion, um, of hostile, you know, hostile intent. There are these uh, very cute looking um, triple-esque almost monsters that are indeed monsters and they're murderous and they want to kill everyone. And it should be kind of a goofy, kind of fun take on, you know, young couples in love and all that. And it just never really gets off the ground for me. So it's not, I, like I said, I love the people involved in it. It's it just is not the execution just for whatever reason didn't quite work. It just wasn't, it didn't have it. It didn't have any spontaneity to it. It didn't have any, there's, there was no, it's, it's most definitely a comedy, a black comedy. Um, and it's not, it goes for gore and doesn't go far enough. Uh, the, the laughs that it hits are mild and it never has that one big kind of centerpiece scene that, that really pulls you in and makes you makes you appreciate it. So um, it's not a terrible, terrible movie. It's just maybe maybe worse that it just doesn't distinguish itself. It doesn't take any chances and it just doesn't, you know, it just never really gets where it, anywhere near where it needs to be. So so save yourselves with an exclamation point at the end um, is my second disappointment. Um, my third, I'm, now I'm going to jump into a couple of the big ones now. Um, because I want to save my my biggest disappointment for last, which might be surprising, um, especially given what I'm about to tell you now. My third one is Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I really love the first Wonder Woman. I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, but this movie was just mediocre, subpar. Um, it didn't have the magic of the first movie. Um, it turned Wonder Woman into a kind of woman who is just pining for her man, if you forgive the pun. 
Uh, Chris Pine plays the man who she is pining for. I didn't mean to do that before I said it, uh, but there you go. Um, so, you know, Steve Trevor comes back through a plot contrivance and um, the big, her big character moment is, can she let go of the lost love that she just got back? Um, it's literally a wish fulfillment movie. Uh, Kristen Wiig plays Cheetah, who's the 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 villain, the physical villain that, that matches up against Wonder Woman. She's not all that terrific. Um, it it was just a slog for me. It was overly long, and and even I'd call it pretentious, which I hate to do. Um, it it pulls it pulls Wonder Woman as the franchise down into the into the depths of the DCEU. I think um, when the the first Wonder Woman was far better than anything that you know that you know, that Warner Brothers had done with, with DC to that point. So it's it just was, to me, uh, there, there's a couple of fun sequences. The, to, the way that they um, envision her flying without flying, using her lasso was kind of cool. But, you know, most of the action sequences are just not all that interesting. And most of the character moments are not that interesting. So uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is my third disappointment. Okay, I, I want to I upset you real bad here. Um, uh-huh. so I don't like that movie really either. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say uh-huh. this, but just to uh-huh. clarify another difference between you and I, you think uh-huh. Wonder Woman 1984 is worse than most superhero movies. I think it is when it comes to the DC films, it, so the first Wonder Woman, it, it, I'm, I, so I classify them differently. Marvel and DC are. You know, I, 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 we could compare them, but to me, it wouldn't be like almost all the Marvel movies would come first, in a, you know, if I'm ranking them. Um, and then and then we would we would get to the worst Marvel movie and then we would start with the DC movies. Maybe Wonder Woman would push up in there somewhere. Wonder Woman would probably push up um, toward the lower middle. But as far as the DC films go, it's on par with the rest of the DC movies, which are generally pretty crappy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll so say that, that, this. That's I, that's my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's your that's your thought there. I, I, I've, I. Uh, so I've, I have a list now on on, on Letterboxd, and I, uh, I, I ranked ranked every superhero movie that I've seen, and and I have a very specific criteria that I don't, uh, kind of put on there. But when I do this, mm-hmm. it's like it's a superhero movie. I don't count Joker from yeah. 2019. It's not a superhero uh-huh. movie to me, you know. And and right. there are others, but. But I have like kind yeah. of a criteria I used, and mm-hmm. and and because one of these days you and I are going to finally talk about superhero. Oh, movies, we're going to. And yeah, we're going to have yeah, a great absolutely. fight about it, because out of all uh, fifty six, okay, uh-huh. Wonder Woman eighty four is thirty six, and I don't even like uh-huh. that movie. Okay, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and let me let me uh-huh. just give you some titles just just to preface a future argument. So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just just a few that that are above it. The, maybe, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Wonder Woman eighty four is above the first Avengers uh, movie, the first oh. Captain America. Okay. And uh, I'm looking for another one that might be shocking because all of these are terrible. Hold on. Uh, I, I I guess it's two above Deadpool. I have a caveat uh, to that. A lot of people like Deadpool. I uh-huh. we don't need to talk about this right now. I'm going on a caveat. <laughs> the point is, we will though, and I'm only putting uh, this in your mind just to piss you off real good. So right. that when we finally and, and get into it, uh, we'll have a great Avengers does, but not, the, yeah. Avengers would, I would be like, I'm like, yeah, I might have, God damn it. But the, the rest <laughs> of them now, 
<laughs> the rest of them not so much. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I said, well, we can get into that. Um, um, all right. But yeah. let me jump in. Go, go ahead. I'll say, speaking of, well, this, okay, this is a loose one. Speaking of superhero directors, um, the next, my next disappointment is directed by Christopher Nolan, uh, and that's Tenet, um, which is, my God, an incomprehensible mess of a film. And I still don't know what was going on. I, I was watching action sequences where I didn't know what the good guys were trying to accomplish and or what the bad guys wanted um, or even what constituted a successful landing a successful blow against your opponent in some cases. Um, it was it was just thick and difficult to understand and inaccessible for me completely. And um, so just a, a com- to me, just a complete disappointment in that way. Um, I, I know I would compare it, of course, to Inception, which is similarly very thick with plot and backstory and rules, uh, you know, that you have to obey. Um, and, you know, and it's like, you know, levels of dream. Nolan landed that completely in that it was not that difficult to understand, but Tenet just, it just jumped, kind of jumps in the middle of it and it never really adequately explains what the hell you're looking at. Sure. And so it, it just, yeah. And so I, I'm, I was just lost from start to finish. Um, I mean, I, I was really rooting for that movie too. I was like, this is going to be really cool. Like it was shrouded in mystery. And then I watch it and I'm like, I don't know what that was. Um, still don't know somebody explain it to me if they do, because I, you know, no, no one I know knows what to make of that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I'll- it's, you know, bullets are firing in reverse. So they're going, bullets are going back into the gun. Cars are flipping and then unflipping. And it's, uh, and it's like uh, anti-time. I don't even, you know. It, it was just not to mention like what the hell do they want? I don't even remember. I don't even remember what yeah. the bad guys were looking for. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Tenet is one of mine. So we're going to use this as like the transition, right? Um, Tenet okay. was the last one that I had, but we're going to talk about it now. And I, I, I want to uh-huh. kind of parrot what you're saying. Cause all five yeah. of mine, I expected to be, you know, as, as we're going to do for next week's episode, where we're going to talk about some predictions for our 2020 pre 2021 preview, and maybe some mm-hmm. that we that might make it to our top tens at the end of the year based on very little knowledge, probably, but just like these are the types of movies that we like, and hopefully they do. These all five of yeah. these would have been on it if I had done this at the beginning of 2020, and Tenet being one, mm-hmm. because even though I'm a critic of Nolan just as much as you know anyone else, um, I find uh-huh. his movies very entertaining. So I could sit and and just pick apart Inception, but I still think it's a fucking good time. Like I have a really yeah. fun time watching that movie. I'm one of the few people Absolutely. I feel like that really loves Interstellar, even though again I could uh-huh. pick that apart. But just on an entertainment sure. level, I just really love these movies. Um, mm-hmm. But Tenet, man, the big difference between this and Inception, Inception establishes the laws that they are working with. It is it essentially establishes a universe that we, the viewer, mm-hmm. can understand. And if you don't understand it, try harder, because it's not hard to right. understand. Yeah, and then, you know, whenever when whenever you get there, you understand what's oh. happening. And you understand yeah, what yeah. they're trying to do. It's a heist movie. Yeah. Okay? Right. Like, and But yeah. there's just different levels of drink. Like, everything's established. It's not hard to follow. Is it convoluted? Yes. 
but it's not hard to follow, right? Tenet right. Yeah. never establishes that thing outside of one conversation, which doesn't right. actually establish anything. So is it fun to watch? <laughs> like for me, it was like I had a good time with uh -huh. it until the last 45 minutes, which is that whole right. final sequence. And not even yeah. I can tell you what was going on. I honestly right. don't know. I un I followed it, but I sincerely uh -huh. feel like there are pieces missing. I, I followed it when things went back in reverse, which was like forward for other people. Like I understood all of those things, mm -hmm. but it just didn't. Maybe I did miss something and I just don't know it because it doesn't add up. Right. This is like yeah, something yeah. plus something equals. And then there's an underline with no answer. Um, right. But I didn't have a problem with the first. What is it? It's like a, a little over two hours or something, I think. So the first hour and a half, yeah. I was fine. Um, yeah. I didn't love it still because the whole time I'm waiting for like that moment where you finally get it. It clicks in. Yeah. This is the whole yes. point. Right. Yes. Uh -huh. And it never did that. And so I'm 100% right. with you on this. This was uh, actually, this was uh, somebody who had written in on our social media. I had announced this, I think, last episode or two episodes ago, where I had read a few people's favorites of the year. And one of them was uh, Tenet. I believe it was a friend of mine, Nick. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. and I just can't go there, brother. I don't know. No, it, it's yeah, not my either. thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's yeah, my either. first, that's the first unexpected yeah. disappointment I'll bring up. Some of these are going to yeah. be a little tender for some yeah. people, okay? I don't think you're yeah. going to have a problem uh, no. with any of these, uh -huh. actually. So but, I have, I do have one more. Oh, I do have one more. Oh, my I'm fifth. so sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I knew I was like, I was like, oh, uh, maybe I should have done 10 at last. But, but I picked this one last because it's my biggest disappointment. And I would, I'm almost willing to, be, like, I could give you like 10 guesses and you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't be able to pick this one out because I haven't really mentioned it to anybody. As long as it's not Nomadland or Dick Johnson is dead, we're going to be fine. Okay. It is neither of those. Okay. Yeah. Neither right, of those. All right. All right. Um, so this one, <laughs> yeah, I, I've not, I, so this was an early in the year. I saw this, um, I saw that this movie was announced and I was like, and I saw um, even like just seeing the poster for it got me excited. And um, and then I saw it and it was just completely, completely let me down. Um, and that movie is Scoob. So Dude. this is the, <laughs> the animated, the new animated Scooby-Doo. It, it, um, if, if you see the poster, it has one of my favorite childhood Hanna-Barbera cartoon characters. The Blue Falcon is on it. And in uh, with the with the Scooby Doo gang, and it was uh, it, so it the idea was they were going to start a Hanna Barbera universe. So Captain Caveman is in this movie, Blue Falcon is in this movie, and then and Hanna Barbera is a it's a big, I don't want to say rich maybe, but it's got characters like Magilla Gorilla, Yogi Bear, um, it, it's got Quick Draw McGraw. Just like goofy stuff from my, you know, from my childhood, Huckleberry Hound. So just like fun characters and the idea of doing, plus some some pretty decent, like under the radar, like actiony kind of characters too. Um, like I said, Blue Falcon, uh, Space Ghost, I think is one of them. Is a uh, is a Hanna Barbera also, which I'm waiting for a definitive, more modern Space Ghost version because that character was super cool when I was a kid. And I, I, it's just ripe for for a movie. And I thought this is what we're going to start is a fun, kid friendly Hanna Barbera universe where we get some of these characters. And instead, the Blue Falcon is the son of the original, and the it was just it was ridiculous. Snidely Whiplash is like the bad guy, and it 
it just sucks on so many levels. I thought this is going to be a fun, family-friendly kind of thing. They did this whole goofy thing with they show you Scooby-Doo's origin with uh, with Shaggy, and it was it was idiotic, and it, it just it just disappointed me on so many levels. Um, the the kid in me, to be sure, um, but this could have been one that you want. This could have been the unexpected delight in a big way if they had really gone all out um but instead they just you know they threw in a, a character and they're like look look at this other remember this other character from when you were a kid uh okay he's doing something really stupid now um and this this cool character from when you were a kid he's a complete joke now and it uh it, it just it let the wind out of my sails to say the very least so so scoob with an exclamation point at the end <laughs> Uh, not to mention the Scooby gang as a, on the whole is separated from each other for the majority of the movie. They don't solve a mystery. It's like, why the hell are we doing Scooby-Doo if there's no mystery? Like the, the mystery is that Snidely Whiplash is the bad guy, which we learn like a half hour into the movie. <laughs> so so yeah. what are we doing? There's no ghosts in this movie. So what are we doing with Scooby-Doo? So not, you know, not to mention that. So yeah, so Scoob is is my biggest disappointment. Wow, I didn't. You're right. I could have. I, you could have given me a hundred guesses, and that would have right. never even I, come to mind. Um, right. Uh-oh. Yeah, but you know what? That's a great unexpected disappointment. And you know, I, I grew up on, uh, you know, Nickelodeon and Hanna Barbera. Huh? Those were like the two yeah. things as a kid. Of course, Disney to some extent, but. Even sure. Disney, I only had like a handful that I liked, and then the rest of them were just like not for me as a kid, you know. Right. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, if it wasn't Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast, maybe just those two because I watched those all the time. Um, I didn't really right. care about many of the others. So Hanna Barbera, it was like Yogi Bear was my jam, mm-hmm. you know. Like I don't know, yeah. there was just a lot. So, uh, yeah. So that's 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 your uh, those are your unexpected disappointments. Uh, we already talked mm-hmm. about Tenet for me. Um, like I said, all the rest of these could have very well been in my top 10 had they been what I expected them to be. And I don't think my expectations were too high. I've really learned to just curve those expectations. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we'll see if that's true for next week's uh, preview. <laughs> Maybe. But anyways, um, but these seemed like good, like sure bets. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, they weren't. And so my first one is uh is Spike Lee's other film The Five Bloods. Um now okay. un- understand that I don't hate all of these, okay? I don't necessarily uh-huh. dislike The Five Bloods. Um but I still think I- I'd have to look it up, but I'm I'm pretty sure I still rated this movie like two and a half or something, which is like super low in comparison. I mean I really thought this was going to be top 10 territory. I'm a big uh, I'm a big Spike Lee fan. Uh, I, I I like that he often forces in certain viewpoints, and sometimes he does it very yeah. very well. Like with you know something like racial justice and just culture and race and all of these aspects that would be found in something like Do the Right Thing. And then he'll do another movie where it's yeah. like way too heavy handed and it doesn't work for me. Right? Like you know uh, he he right. can kind yeah. of be all over the place. This one doesn't really have some of those problems. The performances, I think, are really awesome. Um, I actually, you know, uh, Delroy Lindo was, I thought, really good. And there were certain moments where uh, Spike Lee does the break the fourth wall almost where someone's by themselves, but they'll just start, like, monologuing into the camera. 
And uh, Delroy yes. Lindo, when he leaves the pack, I'll just say that way, uh, Delroy Lindo's Paul does one of those. And that was one of my favorite moments in the movie where he's just going off. Yeah, yeah. But again, that is an exclusive moment. There was never a moment where I felt immersed or connected or or I felt like it was believable. It almost felt like a buddy comedy without the comedy and then a story yeah. that never quite landed for me. I don't really know what I was uh, missing or what maybe I had where I dive like where I got away where I detoured. That's the word I was looking for. Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know where yeah. I detoured from a lot of other people that really loved this movie. And I, I can't stress yeah. enough. I, none of I'm trying to, I'm going to look again. There are only, there's only two movies on here that I would say I actually think are kind of bad. Okay. <laughs> Tenet yeah, is already uh, one of them. Okay. Um, so right. we've got, there's one more on this list. The rest of them, it's not that I don't like them per se. I'm I just, I went from yeah. this should be top 10 to, it was disappointing because I was very neutral on it. I don't really care that I saw it. You know what I mean? And that makes me sad. Yeah. So Defive Bloods, you know, check it out. It's on Netflix. But I just, and I love the cast. I know I already talked about yes. it. It's not just Delroy yeah. Lindo. I mean, the, the cast oh. is great. And I love Clark Peters. Uh, who uh -huh. And I loved him in The Wire. That's where I first saw him. He was also good in Jessica Jones. Yeah. But I loved him in The Wire. Every time I see him in a movie, I'm into it. And I was so sad when, yes, I still liked him in this. But it was like, fuck, I just don't care about any of these characters. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It, 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 and then whenever you get into some of the plot twists, I'll just say, those felt yeah. very heavy-handed and didn't work for me. I mean, just mm. just kind of across the board, everything it was trying to do, the action sequences, which there are only a couple, were yeah. very flat to me. I mean, just really no tension to me. Nothing like that. So... I, Man, I, I feel bad because I really wanted yeah. to like this. Because, again, I like Spike yeah. Lee. The cast rules. You know, I knew it was about these guys going to basically find the remains of their your former army brother or whatever, their military brother, but at the same time trying to find gold, which I thought was right. weird, but I was like, but this could be cool, right? Um, I thought yeah, the gold yeah. would be the MacGuffin, right? And it's really all about this other thing, which it kind of is, but... yeah. Didn't work for me. The other one I'm not going to yeah. talk about long because we talked about this. This was on Matthew's list. This is First Cow, uh, created by Kelly uh -huh. Reichardt. I really thought this. Sure. I mean, one, I hadn't seen a Kelly Reichardt movie before, but the way people were talking about this out of Sundance and out of the festivals, and it just had a mm -hmm. year's worth of buildup almost, you know, and then for yeah. it to come out and me feel so neutral on this movie really made me sad. I mean, there were times where I was actually bored with it, um, and it never, I, I, I appreciate the craft, but I also still mm -hmm. didn't think it was as beautiful as people think it or say it is. The performances right. were not as good as people say they were to me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of a bummer. I know that you were a little, you know, lukewarm on it as well, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. First, first cow was another one. My third one is the other one I actually think is not a great movie, though I don't like hate on it as much as our friend uh, Sam Watermeyer does. Uh, but this was also uh, this was Chris Lloyd's number two um, uh -huh. that he announced on our show when he called in, uh, and that's David yeah. Fincher's Mank. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just this. I mean, again, another one where it's like Fincher rules. I love this uh -huh. time period. I love Citizen Kane. I love Mankiewicz. Like. This yeah. is going to be awesome. The cast is good. When is Gary Oldman going to be bad in something like this? Like, of course he's awesome. And right. yeah, the movie, I could go on and on. We don't even have 
I'm not even going to allot time for me to go on about why, because I think this <laughs> film really f- fails in in the minutia. I don't think that it's like on the surface. I think it's really missing something, uh, like fundamental, and that's really where it kind of falls apart. Yeah. And and I don't mean to speak ill of the dead or of the filmmaker's father, um, but it seems yeah. like Jack Fincher. I don't know if I should be blaming the writer. Uh, it feels that way to me, um, but I don't. I also yeah. don't know what was changed from the original Jack Fincher screenplay to uh, his son making it. I'm sure there were changes. Who did those? I don't know. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, Jack Fincher is the only one credited on it, and so I kind of have to just uh, kind of put it on him. Now, I will say there's one really glorious moment that, unfortunately, again back to scenes. If we could just pull exclusive scenes from a movie this might actually be up there somewhere and it's the scene where mank goes to uh, william randolph Hearst's dinner party and he gets fucked up and he's yes. puking on the ground yes. that tension is palpable that scene is really great unfortunately it does not land as hard as it could because there's nothing developing it beforehand um yeah. uh, at least at least effectively so uh, yeah mank mank kind of disappointed me uh well not just kind of it did disappoint me uh news of the world is my number four which is by peter greengrass which should be like really great because peter greengrass is uh paul Paul greengrass or paul i'm so sorry yeah paul Paul green sorry (laughs) i was on a completely different planet for a second paul greengrass my apologies uh i i think paul greengrass you know captain phillips was another one where it was like, I didn't love it as much as other people, but I like the movie. Like, I think it's a good film. It just would never have been on like my top 10 or anything, but it was like something that I liked, you know, but like, he's just, I mean, the way that he works with Tom Hanks in particular, uh, like in captain Phillips, Hanks is so good in that movie. And I was like, man, this is going to be another one. And I love Westerns. So it's like Neo Western. And this is like your classic, um, I mean, there are obviously it's not hard to draw comparisons. It's like a neo-Western version of something John Ford would do. The Searchers is an easy one to pull from. And, you know, there are even video games that people pull from, like The Last of Us. This is uh, basically a guy, you know, protecting this young lady and, you know, mm-hmm. getting her where she needs to go. And uh, that's essentially in the most broad strokes uh, terms, uh, the point of The Last of Us as well. But man, this movie, I didn't hate watching it. I was perfectly fine watching. It's not like I again, none of these that I like really hate. Um, yeah. but this was just a disappointment because even though after it came out I hadn't seen it yet, but I was already seeing reviews were kind of negative on it. But even the things they were saying, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to care about that. Like I still think even if I don't love it, I'm going to really like this. And there was never yeah. a moment until I saw it where I was just like, dang. Like, this just dropped the ball, like, halfway through almost, right? Big time. Right, yeah. And it just uh, just disappointed me. It just went from something that could have been a really... Could have transcended what we typically get with these kind of, like, uh, notable neo-Westerns and instead kind mm-hmm. of fell into this, uh, I don't know, maybe it's Oscar bait, maybe it's... Whatever, but it fell into this sad cliche that really just took it down for me. Again, don't hate it. Um, mm-hmm. I think my my least favorite on this list would probably have to be Tenet by default and then Mank. Um, yeah. But then after that, all of them kind of fall into the same mediocrity for me, right? Uh, yeah. So those are my unexpected disappointments. The Five Bloods, First Cow, Mank, The News, or News of the World, and Tenet. 
Um, and that pretty much, uh, Joe, I think that pretty much wraps us up for 2020. I think I think I feel yeah. good saying goodbye to that year now. How do you feel? Yeah, well, I mean, the year was crap in so many ways, right? Um, not cinematically, um, although, you know, we talked about some of these, not, not the dregs, not the worst of it necessarily, but but the one, you know, the, the things that let us down, much like the year 2020 and on the whole let us down. Um, you know, those those five films for each of us let us down uh, to a degree. Um, and, you know, and of course, we mentioned the, the delights, too. Yeah. So let's yeah, let's let's put that shit behind us. Put let's that shit on. behind us, man. All right. Well, <laughs> well, next week, Joe and I are going to talk about, uh, you know, our 2021 preview, essentially, where we, we look at five films. We're going to predict five features mm-hmm. from 2021 that we think could possibly make our end of the year top 10 lists. We're going to say it now. And then come the end of this year, okay, we'll see if over that year, if our early predictions, because as you know, films come out of the woodwork, man, and we there's no way we could find out all of these movies or even have any kind of way of predicting how good some of these are going to be. Uh, but I'll even be happy if if even half of these choices are even honorable mentions, Joe. That's 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 at least at the very least what I'm aiming oh, for. Yeah. But we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if they're in our top ten list. We're also and by we, it's uh, I am going to for sure be just listing off a bunch of them from notable filmmakers that are coming out, just so you guys have a good understanding of what to expect this year in film. But for now, we're gonna go ahead and sign off here. You feel good about that, Joe? Absolutely. Let's let's get out of here, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll hey, go watch a movie. We'll we'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. See ya. All right. Goodbye, 2020. Welcome, 2021. Uh, Definitely check in uh, next week because we're going to be doing a 2021 preview where we talk about, you know, our top five movies that we are most anticipating and that we also, it's a prediction thing. We're going to choose five films we're really anticipating and we're going to predict that they will be on our top 10 at the end of the year. So we'll see how that works. You know, this is a pretty, we're, we're thinking ahead here. And quite frankly, there are going to be a ton of movies throughout the year that pop up that we didn't know about yet. And, you know, movies might move around and we don't know exact release dates because of, you know, the global pandemic. But um, anyways, you know, that'd be really fun. And we're going to do that. And then we're also going to be talking, not so much talking about as much as just informing you of a bunch of movies that are coming up. Just kind of notable titles uh, that will be, you know, really... Uh, awesome to kind of know exists. You know, either it's the the story itself, it's got festival buzz, it's by a notable filmmaker, whatever the reason, you know, uh, we're going to tell you about a bunch of them. So definitely check out next week. After that, we're back to same old medium cool. We'll be busting out tons of content. And uh, hey, hopefully the uh, YouTube thing gets off the ground. That'd be a super fun time. So anyways, hey, we love you guys. Please remember to subscribe. Uh, you know, rate and review the show. Also, uh, definitely, hey, head on over to YouTube. You can subscribe to that one, you know, preemptively so you can get the first episodes that we start doing of, uh, you know, shorter and more digestible content over there. It's just medium cool. You know, medium cool movie podcast. We're over there. You can find us. And uh, I don't know. I think that's it. Make sure you hang out with us on social media. And otherwise, hey, 2021 preview next week. Hey, this week, 2020 is out the dough. So, you know, 
that's it. Love you guys. Good night. Good luck. Take it easy. <laughs>